Fellow citizens, it has come to the attention of my benevolent administration that this month marks the 50th anniversary of the UK adopting a decimal currency. This anniversary shall serve me well in my quest for world domination. I shall send out a UK-wide computer virus that will convert UK sterling into a hexadecimal currency. People will go to ATMs and just see a string of letters and numbers instead of their bank statement. Cash deals in shops and supermarkets will crash. A bag of King Edwards will now cost 8F6G pounds instead of £1.20. London Stock Exchange and Wall Street will see traders plummeting to a messy demise on the streets below. People, unknowing that I planted the seed of the financial disaster, will come to me, beseeching and imploring me for help. I will willingly give it in exchange for fawning loyalty and obedience to me. Here begins my meteoric rise to power. Here endeth my address. Welcome, 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 dear listeners, one and all, to this, the latest in a long line of Staggering Stories podcast. I'm Crumbly. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Jean. I'm Adam. And I, yes, I am... Getting on my tits more and more with every passing day. It was Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, <This> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, vainglorious broadcast besides, it's the news with El Presidente. Doctor Who news, River Song's novel adventures. Oh. Alexandra Elizabeth Kingston of nearby Epsom, Surrey, has been feeling the urge to bash something out on her keyboard. Naturally, her mind turned to River Song and the fun she could have when teaming up her alter ego with her alter ego's own creation, namely Melody Malone. BBC Mm. Books will be publishing Kingston's book named The Ruby's Curse. They described it as a River Song Stroke Melody Malone mystery. Kingston said of this, I cannot begin to express how excited I am to be able to continue not only River, but Melody's adventures on the written page. A sassy private detective and a time-travelling archaeologist joining forces to solve a mystery, what's not to love. The hardback will hit shelves on the 20th of May, 2021. Interesting. Mm. I don't know if she's ever written before. Well, she knows the character. (laughs) No, she certainly does. Well, that's very true, yeah. Wasn't it actually Amy Pond or Amelia Williams who came out of the Melody Balloon? I was thinking that, but didn't River use the name first and then Amy stole it? The book, I I don't know. God, it's like an endless loop. I think it was actually, it was River Song who wrote the Melody Balloon. Alone story, 
and sent it to Amy Pond, Nee Williams, oh, to be published. Ah. And then Amy wrote the, the afterword. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think you could be right. Oh, I'm glad we got that sorted. <laughs> I'm sad. Yeah, I am stuff. very, very sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tom Baker yeah. and uh, Sophie Aldred have yeah. written books recently, Doctor yeah. Books. Ooh. I wonder who else might... Uh... Turn pen to paper. Yeah. Well, they've had a long time to actually do produce something. But in those two cases... Tom Baker and Sophie Aldridge both were heavily helped by oh, other yeah. people. If you, yeah, there, if you look there, at there was, was the various ghost light, uh, ghost writers. Well, we'll we'll have a look at the acknowledgements in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> The Last of Us, TV series recruits actors. Yay! Wow. HBO, still looking for a breakout replacement for Games of Thrones, are now making a TV adaptation of the massively successful game series The Last of Us. They already have their two leads with a certain Pedro Pascal taken on Joel and Bella Ramsey as Ellie. Yay again. Other names attached to the project include Ch- uh, Chernobyl series creator Craig Mazin and the co-president of Naughty Dog, the original game creators, Neil Druckmann. There is no word on when to expect this series, but we can probably assume sometime in 2022. Oh, I'm mm. looking forward to this one. Never played the games. I know it, the second one is controversial. No, it's uh, not. Some people just don't understand good storytelling. God. <laughs> <laughs> in what way is it controversial? Can't tell you, because some people might not, might not finish playing it. <laughs> yeah, oh, they didn't like the direction it took, is all I know. I don't yeah. know anything about the, the storyline. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm I'm no big game player, and I accept there's a load I haven't heard of, but I have never heard of this one. I mean, I've heard of quite a few of them, but never heard of this one. Or this is one, a zombie recent? thingy, or? It's um, a post-apocalyptic people get infected and become like infected zombies, human race fighting for survival it's thing. A, and it's absolutely... It's a zombie br- one. No, it's not, mm-hmm. not yeah. completely. And it's absolutely brilliant. The storytelling in the game, the best I've ever seen. And the characters are amazing. I I personally have never played this game, but I've been in the room while you've played it, and I do know there is a lot of swearing. There is, yeah. <laughs> some of it's from the game. Yeah, a little bit is from the game, but most of it. Only some of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's an absolutely cracking game, and I've, they've been talking about this for years because um, originally Maisie Williams was lined up for Ellie, so that's how long it's been because she's now grown up. Really? I thought the game's only about five years old. No. Oh, God, no. So, yeah, um, and Bella Ramsey has been lined up for Ellie, and she was Leanna Mormont in Game of Thrones, and also one of the urchins in His Dark Materials. Yep, season two, Ah. yeah. So whether she'd be in season three, I can't remember if the character is or not, but uh, that might be a problem, I don't know. Obviously, Pedro Pascal is, in theory, busy doing The Mandalorian, but it might, you know, most of the time he's not actually in the suit. So it may not be too much of a problem. (laughs) Oh, I have an addendum. Oh, oh, what's your addendum? Yes. Apparently the word is on the grapevine that, um, yeah, Lee Scoresby, his character is going to reappear in some manner or another in um, the the Amber Spyglass. Really? Apparently the reaction to his death in the final episode, it was so extreme, with so many grieving fans going online to to vent their anguish, that um, Bad Wolf has uh, sort of said to a, uh, what's his name, Uh, Lynn Miranda? Manuel. Manuel. You know, sort of, please come back. These people should have read, read the, the books book. first. They'd have been prepared for mm. it, and they'd have just cried yeah, on buses like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, if, if the character's part died and they are being true to the book, 
Yeah, why bring him no, back? It's going it's to be a dream sequence. He'll probably yeah, be either a dream, yes, dream sequence thinking. or a flashback or something yeah. like that. Maybe, maybe. Uh, you mm. know, we don't want to spoil the third book, but there are possibilities. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, speaking of the Mandalorian, yes. social media oh, is yes. a buzz with mm. the sacking of Gina Carano and yeah. people calling for mm. Lucy yes. Lawless to replace her, which yes. is kind of amusing. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> Do, what yeah. do you do? Do you just recast the character or do you mm. just cover the new character? Is it a bit like it? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I suppose she could recast. Do we know why she was sacked? She's been repeatedly mm. warned. She has a morality contract, a morality clause in her Disney contract. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's an anti-masker, an anti-vaxxer. Mm. But she, and instead of being uh, sensible and just keeping quiet about spreading it. Con- she goes to social media about She did provoke it. And was, oh, and right. was warned. And yeah. then she compared being a conservative to being a Jew during the Holocaust. So, oh, it was her that said yeah, that. Was so, it? quite yeah. frankly, she's got no one to blame but herself. She's entitled to have these opinions, but Disney aren't entitled, aren't required to keep her on for them. No, no, and mm. they've they've cancelled the upcoming uh, action figure of her yeah. character too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's very self inflicted. It's almost like she's trying to make a point. Yeah, she's her point seems to be that she can't be silent. She seems to think that if everyone disagrees with you, then it must be a big conspiracy against you. Yeah. Um, yeah. She doesn't seem to understand that if you say something dickish, people are allowed to shout it, shout back at you. And if you've got yeah. a morality clause in your contract, your boss is entitled to fire you. And do you find that there's an element of um, almost wanting to play the victim? Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Completely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually not being the one that who is the victim you not know, taking it, responsibility it's almost like the commandant saying you know i'm the victim because they've come and rescued the save sort of style yeah it's it's self-inflicted got no sympathy for her yes. you know if they recast with lucy lawless i think i think that'd be wonderful yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'd love to see lucy lawless more yeah. on tv well if you yeah. watch spartacus you see an awful lot of lucy lawless <laughs> <laughs> Do indeed. Watch what one song? Spartacus. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, and so is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, interesting times. Aye. Mm, very indeed, much so. Indeed. Any more addendums? We are addendum out. Yes. That's yes. the end of the news. Woohoo! Over forty-six years ago. A young whippersnapper named Thomas Baker was approached by a guy at the BBC who said, You'd look good in a long scarf. Come and be Doctor Who. <laughs> and he said, I, I, I'd like to do that. For I'm working here on this building site in all weathers. And it's blooming knackering. Being a doctor will be a bit of a change of pace. And thus was the fourth Doctor born. And we've just watched him. Pause for music. Tum that just like... Tum-de-tum-de-tum. 
So, guys, what are we watching? Robot! Yay! The most boringly named Doctor Who story ever. Isn't it just? It's most boringly named, isn't it? It's just if, right, it's got a robot in it. I'll write that down and we'll come up with a proper title later. I would say boring, more unimaginatively. (laughs) It's not a robot of death. It's not a robot of Sherwood. It's just a robot. robot. Even the the Target book was a giant robot. robot. I suppose it made it sound more portentous. Right. Question for you chaps. Who was the first person that the fourth doctor offered a jelly baby to? Mm-hmm. Mm. Sarah Jane Smith. Yes. Oh, Who yeah. was no, the Harry. No, Harry. it was Sarah Jane. Harry, yes. It- no, 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 no. We, we worked this out when we watched this. He offered it to Sarah Jane. She had a jelly baby. Then Harry came in, had half a jelly baby and got it snatched away from him. Yes. Oh, okay. oh all right. <laughs> uh, and they then got chicken going into the TARDIS. It's all right. It's all right. Calm down. With the most under-impressed, under oh! <laughs> 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 oh, my word. Very unhygienic. Yeah. He just put it back in the bag. Put it back in the bag. Yeah. I did like the costume changes the Doctor went through before he'd adopted his um, most well-known uniform. Yeah, because he started off as a Viking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then a Roman soldier. Yeah, and then... Ro- Clown. Then, no, no, um, a plane card. It was a plain card. It was a, a oh, a, I thought that jack. was a clown. Oh, no, right. there was there was the Peary. The um, oh, okay. there was there was a Piro. Was there? Well. Yeah, yeah. So it's Viking playing card. Then the clown. Then mm. then it's final. That's game. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think he should have stuck as a Viking. He had very nice knees. <laughs> Just as you're playing the game at the moment. A horny Tom Baker. We don't want that. Mm. <laughs> so Adam, talk us through the story, because quite frankly, if people haven't seen it, that's tough. Spoiler music. No, if people haven't seen it, that's tough. (laughs) It's actually quite a complicated story. There are different factions involved. So for some reason, Sarah, Sarah Jane, Sarah, whatever you call her, just happens to know about this think tank. Just at the right time for that story. (laughs) (laughs) They they go off and investigate that. Then there's a subgroup called Scientific Reform Society, I think, isn't it? SRS who are associated with Think Tank, but aren't mm. quite the same. they got well, Nazi bu- uniforms. They're a bunch mm-hmm. of neo-Nazis, basically. <laughs> and what they plan to do is to, to wipe away humanity and start afresh, thanks to having this robot go and steal nuclear codes. and mm. With all, what, 30 of them, most yeah. of which yeah. were men. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and well into their uh, 50s, if not yeah, later. Exactly. Well, I, 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 where credit is due, I think that it was meant to hold the world to ransom with the nuclear codes, and it would be reorganised along scientific lines. But um, <laughs> Yeah, Miss Winters was pretty quick to set those oh, that yeah, time I'm, I'm not, I'm not oh, denying yeah. that. I am not denying that. She was... I ca- yeah, she did go a bit further. I can't remember the actress's <laughs> name, but she was a cracking baddie. I really liked her. She, she was, was. She was really oh, good. Yeah. She was suitably evil. <laughs> she got quite ranty as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's Patricia Maynard. Oh, she was very, very good. Yeah. She was very good. While we're on the subject of sartorial elegance, she, Sarah, Sarah Jane was actually dressed quite demurely. She wasn't dressed as Andy Pandy. <laughs> Well, she had at least three costume changes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, she's at home, you see, so she can quickly knit. Oh, okay, maybe, maybe. Well, she was also in a professional workwear as a reporter, well, rather than true, just yeah. being casual holiday around the know, universe. I don't know. She turned hippie at one point, didn't she? She had that <laughs> yeah, scar- head scarf going on, and <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. And did John Pertwee give her that pearl necklace? (laughs) (laughs) The the less said about that, the better. Why why does he always do this? I know, I know, I know. He's a bad man. Very bad man. (laughs) (laughs) Innocent question? 
<laughs> so am I the only one who thinks that the robot itself had a bit of the metal mickeys going on? Oh, definitely, yeah. No, the, looks, the look of it. I know, it, and it was like six years before metal it mickey. Was, it was, it so, was. Yeah. yeah. No, I quite like the, the robot, look of the robot. It, it looked good, but it was rather ungainly. You could tell him sort of oh, yeah. stamping yeah. around. And and its hands were rather limp. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit limp-wristed. Mm. Yeah. And we had the, it did give us the best laugh since the invasion of the dinosaurs when he did the King Kong on Sarah Jane and you had this this <laughs> oh, big hand holding a badly yeah. coiffured Barbie and wandering off. <laughs> well, it, it, it makes sense because we had the armoured tank. I was going to say the, the tank. Yeah. The action man yeah. tank. Yeah. The tank. I used to have that tank. <laughs> I did. I had a friend who had that tank. Oh. Yeah, my brother had that tank and funnily enough, the Sarah Jane Barbie would have fit in the top quite nicely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, th- that was a couple of very good laughs even if yeah. unintended. Now, one thing I must say in the robot's favour, I mean, whether it's down to its programming, the Prime Directive or you know, the Three Laws of Robotics or whatever it was, there were times where it's, it appeared to be struggling with its conscience. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There was a bit of the old Kirk baffling of the uh, robotic brain going on there. Mm, yeah. Asking yeah, it to yeah. do something it couldn't do. It's very much the 60s, 70s computer, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's self-aware, but going a bit mad. I, I did mm. like the fact that the whenever it thought processes kicked in, had this particular style of sound effect. Mm, yes. Oh, that kind of like blip, 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 yeah. metallic. Yeah. yeah, that was exactly the sound. Do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no way. <laughs> 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 but a metallic version. It would sound yeah. even better if she was buffering at that moment. If, the uh, voice yeah, if your voice had gone Dalek at that point, it would have been perfect. Blobby, blobby, blobby. Um, I did like the fact that it followed on from the Pertwee stuff. This one is also very, very environmentally mm. aware. Yeah. I mean, mm. some of the points in this story, like Keppel Wells' investigation into the solar energy cells, etc., solar battery, yeah, totally mm. in place in a story now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't think mm. oh, yeah. that whole discussion where he, the doctor's winning him over about the mathematics of it and all this, you could transplant that whole whole discussion into a story now and yeah. you wouldn't even blink about but this it. This is the thing. 50 years ago, yeah. This is what mm. makes me cross about um, some of the naysayers around at the moment about the show. If that same conversation had been in a Jodie Whittaker story, people would have been shouting, oh, woke, oh, there's no place for it in Doctor <laughs> Who. Yeah. But that's a classic example of how it's been there since the beginning. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Particularly in, in the Pertwee era. Yeah. This is pretty much the Pertwee era because the, mm. the producer is still Barry Letts for this one story. Yeah. yeah. And the writer mm. is Terrence Dick. Yeah, so this yeah. is pretty much the end of the Pertwee era. Yeah, you, you, you can tell that it's written by someone who has a history of the show with the first episode with the Doctor virtually unconscious in a coma, a la... Uh, yeah. spearhead mm. from space yeah. shot in the same place too that, that Wood Norton is yes. the hospital uh, location yeah also you get various shout backs through the Alpha Centauri play, uh, tennis award mm. for Alpha yeah. Centauri six arms yeah. and mm. also Baker's first words about Centaurans perverting the course of human history which incidentally is almost one of Capaldi's last words yeah he did, yes. he did that a couple of times didn't he I think yeah do you know what's annoying about that though is that when Mm. we were watching it, we had to pause it so he could tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you little liar. One thing I did notice was, um, uh, who wrote it? Uh, Terence Dix. Yes, Mm -hmm. big Mm -hmm. tell. I think he must have been drawing his inspiration from Isaac Asimov because... um, Oh, yeah, he admits it. 
Yeah, yeah, because he was saying sort of uh, when Robot was uh, asked about what his purpose was to help and assist uh, humans in such in difficult situations, mm. that was the original premise of um, uh, was it uh, the laws of robotics? Mm. Yeah, well, the laws of robotics, and uh, I'm just trying to remember the name of the company. Um, Oh, something like Universal Robots or something like that. Oh, the, mm. US Robotics? No, that's the... US Robotics. It, it was along those yeah. lines anyway. I mean, that was their original premise for creating robots, as opposed to sort of uh, the metal Frankenstein going on the rampage and killing people and knocking things over. Yeah. Like, you know, sort of cardboard boxes and such. So. Uh, and stamping on men. <laughs> this is the first story for anyone who doesn't know, which, really, seriously, you need to know these stuff. <laughs> um, this is the fourth Doctor's first story yeah and once you got over that initial falling asleep from the regeneration and did his costume change almost the fully formed character of the doctor we Mm. were going to come to know was there very much almost from the start completely it didn't seem to take too long to actually become the doctor no that doctor immediately yeah, we have obviously at the end of Tom's era is different, but for the first half or more, he is the same character he is in this first mm-hmm. episode, first story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if it's one of those things: the older you get, the longer it takes to recover from things, and that's why it now takes the doctors <laughs> at least half a season to discover who they are. It's like most things take takes a little while to recover. Uh, so I do remember Tom saying that the dialogue was written very much for John Pertwee, sort of dear chaps mm. and old boys. And he went in mm. and purposefully, I wouldn't say dropped, but updated the vocabulary. Mm. Yeah, I bet that happens in the reader as well. A nice thing on the uh, Blu-ray box set, unfortunately it's mute, but there's a big long recording of them at the table read. Yes. Mm-hmm. You oh. can see all the actors and uh, the producer, the writer, script editor, all there doing a table read. And it's really interesting. They're all chain smokers too. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you can see the layer of smoke. It's like Alien. You can see a layer the of smoke in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly Nick Courtney and Liz Slayton. They were just Puffing away. knocking them back yeah. there anywhere. Now, speaking of Nick Courtney, the Brigadier. Now, mm-hmm. the Brigadier has been established as a fine soldier. He's a good man. He's a top bloke. Yeah. His... Solid chap. His um, underlings, some of them are not very well trained at all. No. <laughs> at three t- t- different yeah. points, he gave the order to pull back. And oh, yes. all three times, one soldier disobeyed him oh, yeah. and yeah. ran forward and either got lasered, trod on, or shot. Mm. Now, or that was yeah. three men lost due to poor discipline. Yeah. Don't know what Lethbridge no. Stewart was playing at. <laughs> no, I mean, I still maintain that Brigadier Leth- Lethbridge Stewart is the major Dennis Bloodnock of a unit. I mean, the, <laughs> the man is a military idiot. I mean, only he could pick... <laughs> Only he could pick up a disintegrator gun, point it at the robot, and instead of killing it, make it grow larger. (laughs) (laughs) Flip the button the wrong way around. It was unfortunate. No disrespect to him, but he was just told it could drill a hole in the moon, so he thought, obviously... It could drill a hole in this robot. Exactly. But he didn't think about the big (laughs) building that was behind it. (laughs) As I maintain, the the man is a military idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Is this what... Are you saying that this is why... Three of his soldiers decided, sod it, I'd rather be dead. Rather than be under his command. You do have that glorious line, so just once I'd like to run into an alien menace that isn't immune to bullets. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) End of an era, too, because it's the last time we see Unit, well, at least until we get another story or two, but pretty much this is the end of their era. Yeah. 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 So I think it's the 
Android I mean, invasion. I mean, the next time next, we see them, uh, yeah. No. yeah, I was going to say, I think it's the Android Loch invasion, Monster. which isn't really your unit. Loch Ness Monster no. is and the final hurrah. The last time we actually see them themselves is Saigon, yeah. yeah. and then yeah. that's unit, but away from HQ. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's when the, the last of the four families together, because yeah. all yeah. the other times you have the immortal line of the brigadiers in Geneva. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but I thought this was an absolutely cracking opening story. Oh yeah, oh very much so. Yeah, yeah. It has stood the test of time as well. I mean, some of the special effects where the robots sing disappearing, <laughs> <laughs> a bit iffy. But in general context, the actual um, dialogue, the plot, and everything else, it does stand up pretty well. I don't know. I think Sarah Jane let herself down a couple of times. <laughs> First time really... she does become a little bit of a screamer. Well, no, that's not what I meant. Um, first time she <laughs> let herself down was when she assumed Jellicoe was the director rather than Miss Winters. Yes. Oh, oh yes, right. I love the that. second time she let her down was when she drove back to pretend she'd forgot her notebook and turned her feminine wiles mm. on Flutter. that poor guard. Oh, the and there was eyelids. Yeah fluttering going on all over the place. <laughs> no, I, she did let me, if you've she got did. feminine wiles, you've got to use them sometimes. <laughs> In one massive respect, she did let me down. Mm-hmm. What? She didn't fall down the slope of moderate inconvenience. <laughs> there was one, she wasn't did, there? She did fall over one point, didn't she? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's oh, when she the, did, actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, but on a level surface. I mean, it's all... <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you can't have everything. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like the fact that they used her journalistic skills for what they were. Yeah, they didn't do it very often, did they? <laughs> no, because when she's away from Earth, she's just a companion. Yeah. yeah. What can you do? You're not, you're not a journalist on Thoros Beach or whatever. Okay, she doesn't go there, but you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but on Earth, make, she, make she has the contact. She, she knows, yeah. yeah, exactly. She knows the, the society and she can do that sort of thing. Yeah. Made I, a pleasant change. I would also like to point mm. out I was slightly disappointed with the Doctor in this. Why? Mm. Well, you, What's that? You, he's at the beginning of the episode or the beginning of the story. He's going on with Kettwell about the environmental risks and mm-hmm. challenges and dangers that the human race is facing. And mm. then at the end of the story, he goes and throws a bucket full of metal-eating virus <laughs> into the air. <laughs> This is true. Um, who played uh, Kettlewell? Oh, an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Edward Burnham. I really thought for one moment that Estelle Gardo that was. <laughs> oh, no. Really? No. He's been in Doctor Who before, hasn't he, or since? Hmm. All right. Is that right? Did, didn't he play the Guardian of Source and Professor Chronotus? Oh, was he Chronotus? I don't, ah. I don't know. I, mean, I... I don't know. Adam's frantically Googling. <laughs> oh, he's in the invasion ah. before this, a 68, and right. then in Robot, yeah, so right. he's not. Okay. Okay. I stand. I lie corrected. Not standing. I'm lying on the bed at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lounge. You lounge correctly. Lounge it's very correct. convenient that Kettlewell happened to have created this metal-eating virus out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. just, oh, here we are. I've got a bucket of this stuff. Well, you know, <laughs> what, it's, you know what it's like with inventors. They invent something and think, oh, that's useless. I'll just put that in a cupboard. And it was something he invented ages ago. And what do you know? It became useful. Was it a metal cupboard and did it start eating through it? Oh, God, that's the point. Was it, it was in a metal bucket, wasn't it? I didn't notice that. <laughs> no, it was plastic. <laughs> He was a character who did have a bit of a change of heart along the way, which I think is quite good. Throughout the whole of it, he was, wasn't was wholeheartedly in with it. And it's when, yeah. they, when they actually threatened to let, let loose the nuclear missiles. 
and sort of defeating the object of why he was there in the first place. I think he was a naive mm. optimist. Yes. Yeah. Got disintegrated. Aye. That's what happens mm. to naive optimists. Aye. Yep. Yeah. Be yeah. warned, Gene. Hair like that. <laughs> <laughs> Got destroyed by his own creation. Hoisted mm. by his own petard. That can be painful. went mad after killing his creator. I did like the expedition expedition dump that exposition? we had. Thank you. Exposition dump that we had there is that we know that Ketterwell created him and the robot has just killed him but the robot mm-hmm. stands there ah oh, I have killed my creator ah oh! yes danger <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I do like the fact that the robot acknowledges that um, Sarah Jane was the only person who had uh, empathy for him and yeah. he does remember that it's King Kong isn't it mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's shades of King Kong oh it's very King yeah. Kong well, uh, yeah, and Terrence Dix makes no bones that he's borrowed from King Kong and Asimov and all that. Well, as as it's as it's, I've read somewhere in one of these uh, dissertation pieces or whatever that uh, Who always seems to be at its best when it's showing its roots, when you can see where mm. the inspiration. Well, Whitaker's hair, you mean? Yes. Mm. Ah. <laughs> and yet, you didn't make that joke about Capaldi's hair. <laughs> Bloody sexist. Well, so interested in that. <laughs> oh, his hair was so ruffleable. <laughs> it was fluffy. Oh, I like it when it was long, not when he had it short. Oh, me you too. You could really run your fingers through that, couldn't you? <laughs> the pertwee <perm. Yep. laughs> Anything to add? Here. Go on then. The best quote probably of the story is, uh, there's no point being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I've used that a, a lot. A motto I ended up living by. Yes, yeah. We all tended to forget that there was a sometimes at the end. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, my favourite quote, that one. Any more yeah. quotes? Yeah. Not really. I thought you'd made a list. Gah. No, no, no. Would you like a Jenny Baby? It was obviously an iconic one which stuck around a lot. Goodbye. That became his Allons-y, mm. yeah. didn't yeah. it? Yeah. And yeah. Of course, or... um, Benton got a promotion. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Warrant oh, yeah. officer. Yeah, yes. became Mr. Benton. Yeah. On the basis that Yates had gone Fruit Loops. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we should mention Harry, too. Oh, Harry. This is Harry's this is first story. Yeah. Introduction of Harry, who was wonderful and not, <laughs> not at all an imbecile. <laughs> I have to say, I think Harry was, and it's not unusual, Harry was a very unappreciated and underutilised character. You know why he was there? Because they obviously yeah. cast him when they didn't know what character the Doctor was going to have. So he was going to be the heroic lead if yeah. they ended up with the, the Doctor that wasn't going to be that the, the kind of character. Sort of... So they got rid of him. But he's a bit like Mickey and that kind of stuff where he's there, but he's not used as much as he could be or as yeah. the character or the actor deserves. Yeah, I, I always loved Harry. I thought Harry was a, a part for me, and I just thought Harry was such a wonderful character. Also, yeah, yeah, he, was, very he was very new to the organisation as well. Must have been. Because mm. the previous story, Planet of uh, the Spiders, it was a Dr. Sweetman, who we never actually saw, but they got on the phone at one point. Clearly, he didn't oh, really? answer his phone quickly enough, yes. and the brick got rid of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he knew nothing about the TARDIS, anything like that. No. They clearly literally just arrived and hadn't read all his reports yet. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I've often wondered how he ended up getting the job because he's obviously a naval man. Yeah. And Unit is an army barracks, army casting couch. Yeah. How did he end up being in the um? How did the army end excuse up being? Excuse me, the navy end up being with the army. Excuse me, this is UNIT, United Nations Intelligence Task Force. They always hire the best of the best of the best. Doesn't matter from what organisation. <laughs> yeah. So they how come, come from. Harry Sullivan got in then? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I was going to say, so how comes everyone seems to be from the army? <laughs> At least he can skip. Yeah, module. yeah. That, that was very <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I did love that scene. I thought that's so well done, that scene where they're face to face, you know, and, and doing the skipping rope with him. That's a really, really good bit of acting on both of them, the mm. timing and that kind I of stuff. I have the yeah. feeling that that was probably cobbled together in rehearsals. Yeah. 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 I didn't have my DVD of Robot to hand when I was because uh, I was down at fake, uh, fake Crumbly's at the time. So I watched um, Robot on uh, the Daily Motion website. Oh, right, yeah. And the only episodes I could find had French subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> so when Harry and the Doctor are doing that skipping sequence, all you can see underneath is un, deux, trois. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, you've got the send for a doctor mother, quick, mother, quick, quick. I feel sick. Send for the doctor quick, quick, quick. quick doctor, quick. doctor, mm. will I die? Yes, my darling, by yes, and by. When I was a kid, it was <laughs> yes, my dear, and so will I, which is much more yeah. sick and twisted in some yeah. ways. <laughs> We're all going to die. That explains a lot. Sharp. <laughs> I always wanted one of those robots. You know, the, is it Dennis Fisher, the, yeah. the toys? Yeah, I had one. I never had a robot. Oh, blimey. Yeah. I had a Tom Baker. I had a Sideman. I had the TARDIS. Yeah. And I didn't have Leela, which I wasn't, didn't want Leela. <laughs> you know, it's a girl's thing. But I did, I did, want, I did want the uh, the K1 robot, so I never got it. There was there was a transparent cyborg that had a little metal thing inside of a, a transparent rubber head. The only reason I mention this is because the same little metal thing was in the head of the robot. Ah. Oh, okay. Ah. Sort of a little little design. They mixed thing. and matched. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, sure. people. We would like to know what you thought of robot. Do you know how you can tell us this? You can write <laughs> to us via show at staggering stories dot net. It's been a while, lockdown continues, yeah. so have a quick look back at what we've been doing to keep sane, in another flotsam and jetsam. Pause for music. Well, I have been time travelling. She has. Oh, right, again. Okay. Again. Gone Again, yeah. I've gone back to the 8th century. 8th, 9th century. Been doing yogic flying too. Oh, <laughs> Astral projection. <laughs> uh, I have purchased a copy of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I am now a Viking of the Raven Clan. Oh. Ooh. What village did you find oh, and set yes, fire to? Yes, um, we start off <laughs> in, we've started off in Norway, obviously. Mm. And uh, it's another absolute epic game it's oh i've been playing it every day since christmas and i'm nowhere near the end it's absolutely wonderful after spending some time in norway you invade england obviously mm -hmm. and whilst exploring the map i mm -hmm. headed off down to sussex yep. and found the oh, village right. of mm -hmm. crawley uh, spelt really? c-r-a-w-l-e-a-h which was correct right. ah. and in crawley there was a warehouse with lots of goodies in it so I did my best stealth mode and stole all the goodies. And as I was mm -hmm. coming out of the warehouse, I was spotted by a guard. So I had oh, to right. run from building to building to building. And one of the guards shot a fire arrow at me. And when I left, half of Crawley was on fire. 
So yeah. I, 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 I haven't gone it. back since. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's a cracking game. There's some glaring errors, such as where they've decided Stonehenge was. But I know why they did it, because the game doesn't cover Wiltshire, because the Vikings didn't really venture that far. So they've right. moved no. Stonehenge about six inches to the right. But, but <laughs> as we as we have found out in the latest news reports... It's quite possible that... Exactly! The, the news reports are suggesting that Stonehenge originated in Wales. So who's mm-hmm. to say, at some point in its history, it wasn't in Basingstoke before <laughs> before they moved the it back monument. over to Wiltshire? <laughs> but, yeah. You mean we've got second-hand stones? <laughs> no, no, they're yeah, the same but... stones. They've just, they just did a tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's an absolutely well, like, well, like cracking yep. game. Your, your clan sets up a village in... Mercia in the Midlands and mm-hmm. you're tasked with making friends with all the various tribes uh, for this grand final battle to claim the, the throne etc etc of everything. Mm. One of the fun things in it is that you can shag your brother's wife. And you have <laughs> every single chance you've had. I'm playing the character as a woman you can play it as a bloke but mm-hmm. there's no, you know, doesn't matter you can shag your way around England now in, <laughs> I've, I tried it on with well, my brother's wife expecting to be slapped but it turned out I was very very successful and I have a feeling <laughs> this is going to if you'll forgive the terminology come back and bite me in the bum <laughs> by the end of the game because <laughs> people keep telling me about loyalty and honour uh, okay. <laughs> they haven't played these games with you have they? <laughs> it's an absolutely cracking game it really really is if you've played any of the other Assassin's Creed I do recommend no. it Okay. What platform is this um, on? We've got it on PS4. It's available on PS5, I think Xbox. PC. Don't care, really. We yeah. play it on PS4. <laughs> <laughs> she says like she knows these different things uh, and has a computer yeah. game. <laughs> you can't buy a PS5, can you, for love nor money at the moment? So. No, um, no. no. I wouldn't want to anyway. I'd wait for the uh, price to come down. Although Dr. Sinister, was it, has bought one? Yeah. Mm. I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what have you been doing? What have I, what have I been doing? Woof! Well, indeed. <laughs> I did binge quite quickly in a place about a week all of the new 2020 TV series called Raised by Wolves. Oh, there's no relation to any oh, previous yes. thing yeah. called that. Ridley Scott and Co. Yeah, yeah, really mm-hmm. good. What channel? It's a HBO. Damn. So it's on. Mm-hmm. It's on Sky Atlantic. Yeah, I have seen this. It's very, very. It's different, isn't Adam, it? it tell, is. tell us about it. Humanity has basically wiped itself out with again. Wars, religious wars, particularly atheists against religion and stuff like that. Hmm. One atheist chap, apparently on his own, has got together a couple of androids. Packed away in a ship with some embryos, and fired them at uh, Kepler twenty two, twenty two B particularly, which is a Earth like planet, which is a mm-hmm. real thing potentially. There is a planet in the habitable zone on Kepler twenty two, and there the androids have to to raise these children. And as they do so, other groups of humans come to the planet to escape. Fun and games mm-hmm. ensue. But it's really good. The the two people playing the androids in particular are really really great, particularly the one playing mother. Right. Hmm? Yes. Who who are she, the who are the actors? Well, I think she's Danish or something like that. And it's one of these ones that it seems quite a basic storyline. You're sort of thinking, okay, so this is about this group Survivals that have, and, yeah. small group that have escaped away and that kind of stuff. But then as it progresses, it becomes more and more 
intriguing as what's going on with the planet, what's mm. going on with the children, and also what is actually going on with this religious war. Mm. Yeah. So Amanda Collin is uh, mother, and Abadaka Salim is father. <laughs> I'm butchering that name. Yeah, I've, been, I've um, been reading about this, and it's the sort of thing I'd love to watch, but we don't get Sky yeah, Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. You can certainly see some influences from things like Alien and um, mm. Blade Runner. The androids, humanoid mm. androids, they they, ah, right. they bleed milky white yeah. stuff. Oh, right. you know, it, yeah. Very similar. And there's a touch of Alien in it too, with some, a bit of body horror and potentially aliens using people as hosts or Ooh. something like that. So, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm not quite sure where they're going. It's only 10 episodes, I think, the first season. Mm. Has it been picked up for a second season? Yep, it's got a second season. Oh, good. Yeah, it's filmed in South Africa, like Dog 2 is yeah. occasionally. Looks, yeah, looks really good. And there's definitely an intriguing storyline with the planet. Clearly there was life and the civilization there before, which is now gone. Or has it? Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Another thing I, I watched half of yesterday, and I must get back to, is uh, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that in probably 15 years or more. Blimey. Yeah. It's one of my favourites. It's one of the very ones. Yeah, yeah, really good. And, of course, San Francisco. So I, I thought, oh, yeah. I recognise some of those places. Yeah. Is the Enterprise still in San Francisco? The nuclear vessels. Where the nuclear vessels yeah. are kept. <laughs> I don't remember seeing any any military ships in San Francisco. You missed the nuclear vessels. Mm. Don't know. I must finish watching that. Maybe we should review it at some point too. We've never spoken about subject four, I don't think. Mm. Deserves a proper segment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on then, Crumbly. What have you been doing? Well, to uh, to ease my mental anguish in lockdown, uh, myself and Fake Crumbly have been wallowing in Netflix you know, for quite a bit of the time. Let me think, what series have we been watching? Lock and Key. Oh, yes. Yeah, which I, yeah, which I thoroughly recommend. Another series I thoroughly recommend is... Um, we're on the uh, second series of Snowpiercer at the moment. Yes. I saw the first. And The Umbrella Academy. Yay. We absolutely, yes. we absolutely oh, loved that. Another another life I could recommend. I mean, it's very derivative of other uh, TV science fiction. and There's far too much swearing in it. It's basically... Um, well, Star Trek meets uh, Quentin Tarantino. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did he happen? Might yet. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Well, so uh, Lock and Key, Snowpiercer. Oh, and um, the latest uh, Bodice Ripper, uh, Bridgerton. We've been watching that. Oh, I've, I've watched the first few episodes of that. Bits of it are quite funny. Oh, honestly, I've never seen so many bottoms and so many boobies in all my life. And it's like, oh, game of it's, that's not good. It's supposed to be a Regency drama. It's it's oh it's wonderful. It really is. The um the bit the bit in the second episode where the two younger younger women were trying to work out how someone got pregnant because no one had ever told them. Oh, that's right. Yes. It was very they were they were really worried because they knew that someone was pregnant and didn't have a husband. So they wanted to know what caused it in case it happened to them. <laughs> the birds and the bees. Hi. Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen this, but isn't isn't this the one where all the incidental music or the ballroom music is actually modern yes. songs but played yes. in yes. the style in a, in a classical but manner? It's yes. very very good. <laughs> yeah, it's worth a look. Really is. Mm -hmm. Yes. What else? Um, I've been losing myself in quite a bit of Lego as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I should mention my Death Star, shouldn't I? Oh, is it finished? <laughs> yeah, it's all finished. It's it's all right. It's on the coffee table there. Can, yeah, can, so we, see, can we see it? On a bit, yeah. Can, can <laughs> I reenact the scene from uh, Spider-Man Spider Homecoming? <laughs> <laughs> it took me far too many hours to build. <laughs> <laughs> you will cry. <laughs> I've just completed um, a Ford Mustang. 
and that was preceded by uh, a London double-decker bus. Uh, and that was preceded by a Fiat 500 and a Mini Cooper. <laughs> is this the entire? Is this the same set? Oh, no, no, different sets. <laughs> Go on then, Gene. Doing well, Lego. What you got? I've watched a Netflix series called Fate, the Winx Saga. Oh, we love that. I've heard that, of that, yeah. We? Yeah, it's a bit kind of like Harry Potter-ish in that it's about a university in an alternative dimension. But it's actually about fairies. Yeah, mainly fairies. And okay. there's something, there's more going on. Initially, it seems quite kind of like teeny, light and fancy about, you know, this girl that ends up finding out she's a fairy and we're not tink- talking Tinkerbells. Yeah. But it gets very, very dark by the end of it. Okay. Hmm. Including breaking of someone's neck. Ooh. It's a bit buffyish initially, but it gets a lot more interesting as it goes along. <laughs> the other thing I've been watching is The Great, the which great. is a historical uh, drama oh, loosely yeah. <laughs> based on... Catherine the Great of Russia. Oh, yeah. And it's got Sasha Darwin in it as one of the lead main main characters who actually his character is involved in the the um coup that put Alex that put her in charge. I'm loving his character in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere between you don't know if the character's gay or just fawning, weak, embarrassing or what, but he's really good in it. It's and that's another one. If you don't like swearing, don't watch <laughs> it, but it's very amusing. But other than that, I've just been doing a lot of quilting and yeah, I've seen the blanket. It looks nice. It does. Yes, yeah, so I'm making one up for um, Hooverville for the auction. Ah. Oh. Husband. Right. I have finally caught up with the last or the latest uh, River of London book, uh, False Values. Oh, yeah. I've read that in about a day, so that didn't really... It's Very a, hitchhikery. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a can't-put-down book. Uh, including mm. the possibly including Babbage's calculating engine and Lovelace's uh, programming with mm. magical overtones to it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that's quite interesting. I've also been um, uh, mini- lots of miniature painting from Warlord. So oh, I've yes. been, been catching up with that. So <laughs> we've got all the all the surfaces at the moment downstairs are catered with uh, uh, twenty five mil figures. On all available spaces mm. of uh, Ice Warriors, Daleks, Time Lords. And- it's quite funny because every now and then you hear, get down, don't you bloody cat, don't! <laughs> Followed oh. by a clatter, clatter, clatter. Yeah, I've been fighting. <laughs> and also since Christmas, I have been playing Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. You can choose the size of your willy or your boobs. You can. You can. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you want to, though, the, the, it's for the PS4, so occasionally it's quite buggy in some senses. Yeah, I know the the console version was a bit affected at the beginning. Yeah, uh, occasionally PC one's meant to be quite good. Occasionally, my partners have walked through into the lifts before the doors actually open. Yeah. <laughs> That's how Plasky died in the... It was that, in uh, med- LA, yeah. what's it, yeah. or an order or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to throw a strop about that. That doesn't really affect me. It's it's a very good story. Uh, again, a massive, vast game. I've been playing it since uh, Christmas and only done something like 4%. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if this, mm. is a, this is a sign that I'm a very bad player. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I do happen to Give die me side it is a pretty it's a pretty cool game. I've yeah. had a had a go on it. It's um set 
Elb essentially is set when Blade Runner. Yeah. It's, it's the Blade Runner type universe. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's very, very good. While I remember Gene talking about broken necks, when playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you've got a gore setting. You can either turn it on or turn it off. Keep it turned on. You do some amazingly gross stuff to people's heads. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dear listeners, we've been watching television. Haven't we? Yes. Mm. It's what we ever seem to do. Yeah. What TV have we been watching? Well, to give you a clue, it's not unlike the uh, song by Genesis called Illegal Alien, but this one's resident, so what does that mean? Resident Alien. Got it in one. (laughs) Pause for music. Right, this is a masterpiece from Alan Tudyk. <laughs> it's very silly indeed. He is mm-hmm. wonderful, isn't he? Just to run through it, yep. basically, Alan Tudyk is uh, an alien. In disguise. In disguise. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was on a, a mission. reconnaissance mission to Earth and crashed, had to um, blend in, murdered Alan Tudyk, took his form and is now trying to live as a small town mm-hmm. doctor in, is it Alaska? Uh, yeah. I think it's uh, in Colorado. Canada. Canada. Oh, right. Colorado, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere cold and snowy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he's trying to blend in whilst also trying to fulfil his mission, mm-hmm. which would lead to the destruction of the human race. As you do, yeah. As you do. Yeah. It's very much a fish-out-of-water tale. Mm. And why why is he called Resident Alien? Because he's living there. <laughs> no, it's a doctor. And it's he's a, a doctor in yeah. Resident. And he's yes. an alien. <laughs> The, the the human form who he took over turned out to be a retired doctor. Mm, yep. So he gets ends up getting embroiled into the community. Harry now, he has an issue, though. He has a problem. He does. There's mm. a small boy in the town <laughs> who, for some reason, can see him as, as he is, he is yes. as the alien. <laughs> and I'd, I don't know the name of the young actor, but the counterplay between the two of them is fantastic. <laughs> there, oh, what, yes. what springs to mind mostly is there's a line in Remembrance of the Dalek from the Seventh Doctor is the you can always tell the quality of a person or the nature <laughs> of the person by the quality of his enemies. Mm-hmm. And, and this small kid <laughs> is his mortal enemy. I, mean, I, I can he, see it yeah, being a running three uh, theme throughout the series. Oh, oh it will be. Mm. And that he seems to have descended from scary alien or how the kid, the kid obviously was terrified first time. By the way, spoiler music, spoiler music. Sha la 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 la. But they're now on the level of two 10-year-old kids bitching at each other. And it's it's so funny. Especially the scene in the doctor's surgery where that kid gets a cut to his arm. And he says, I'll give you three three stitches instead of two. (laughs) Make it five. I need four. Yeah, Yeah, the kid is no longer afraid of him, but knows that as his mortal enemy, he has to deal with him. Yeah. Yeah, but there's the last episode three. There's a lovely bit where they bump into each other in an alleyway, and it's almost yeah. like you're you're the bad guy. No, you're the smelly one. No, you're- <laughs> They're just taunting each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now there's a doctor, not the doctor, the sheriff. Oh my, oh, big black. <laughs> the oh. sheriff, right at the beginning, he goes right. Hi, I'm Bob, but everyone calls me Big Black. Yeah. Now, the sheriff is a black guy, yeah. and, and um, the, the alien <laughs> thinks he's called that because his van is black. 
but he's the worst. He's such a bad sheriff. <laughs> what I do like is, is th- you, you get a, a, a narration from Alec mm, Tudyuk yes. as the aliens. He sums up his thoughts about various characters, and his thoughts about the sheriff is fear pretending to be strong. Yeah, he's, he's out of yeah. his depth. Yeah, which basically sums the sheriff up. Uh, what I do like about it is it does have an ongoing plot, yeah. because the reason he's currently the doctor of this town is because the resident doctor committed suicide, possibly, in, yeah, in he had to cut a, a hole in his throat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, tra- 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 he was choking. He yeah. was yeah. choking. So mm. it turns out that he's possibly been poisoned. Mm. Yes. So we don't know who has poisoned. Mm. So he got this on. He has been embroiled in this ongoing criminal investigation. Yeah, and then there's the added problem of he killed the original doctor. Yeah. yeah. And he's now trying to make sure the body doesn't get discovered. Yeah. And it at the moment is in his freezer yeah. under about fifty pounds of pork, beef, and uh, venison. <laughs> Uh, bison, bison, mate. Bison, yeah. And we've seen, end of episode three, we've suddenly got this anti-Mulder and Scully pair who are looking for him Mm -hmm. and are Mm. quite happily murdering people along the way. Are are they two Mm. more aliens? Or are they they CIA or something? Mm. Because they, they, the reason, I'm not sure if they would, if they're aliens, because they talk better than yes. he does. Yeah. Well, he, his, his, his speech is, it's almost stilted. as if he's three years old and is still learning things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there, there's this wonderful, you know, I think it was episode two, there is this wonderful sequence where you see him acclimatizing to his human body <laughs> and trying <Yes>. to <laughs> interact. Uh, he, he got most of his vocabulary from the uh, law and order. Law and yeah. order. Thank you. Uh, there's, there's a scene with him trying to walk and he's <laughs> running around the house in just his underpants. <laughs> <laughs> It is like watching a toddler, a very yeah. big toddler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I also love the fact that his species look very much down on, on humans. They're oh, yeah. basically yes. exterminate well, the entire much so, yeah. human race because they are pointless, they're a virus and all the rest of it. They have but emotions. he's slowly, slowly becoming more mm. and more human. Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. he's caring for them. Mm. And he's, he's caught I emotions. I love the bit where he? he gets drunk on, was it whiskey <laughs> or vodka? Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. like, yeah, it must affect us aliens <laughs> in a way it doesn't affect humans because they've got a hangover and all the rest of it. Because he makes sound here, sort of a you know, wise judgment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I have to give credence to Mr. Tudyuk because some of the facial expressions that he comes out <laughs> yeah. with. Mm. Yeah, he's perfect for this role, isn't he? You've got oh, to yeah, imagine really. it's with oh, yeah. him in mind. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Yes. I'm hoping it gets picked up for a second series somehow, because obviously we oh, haven't yeah. seen all the episodes yeah, we're only, yet. We are only three episodes in at the moment. But it's so yeah, and much this is fun. surprisingly sci-fi channel, Siffy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think they did sci-fi anymore. I don't, yeah, I thought they stopped that. <laughs> yes, Perhaps just... they've not noticed they're showing it. It'll end now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to show how much he's been influenced by law and order, he even comes out with the chunk you know, sort of sound. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. fun. At the, at the end of the first episode, he was murdered. Murdered. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also um, one of the secondary uh, stories going on is one of the um, oh is she a, is she a pathologist? Or no, something? I think she's, she's the head nurse. The oh, head the nurse. head nurse. Yeah. yeah. Um, her father is Native American, and it seems that she had a daughter taken away from her yeah. when she was a baby. Mm. Yeah. And mm. it's now someone she knows, but the daughter doesn't know who she is. Mm. 
Um, so we've got that backstory going on as well. Yeah, which sure, there'd be a lot, probably not going lot to of end small towns mm. oh, coming out. Yeah. No, there, yeah. there's, there's quite a few rounded characters. They're not all sort of one note. Oh, God, there's, no. there's, I'm loving the characters. Like the um, the deputy sheriff, she's yeah. wonderful. Oh, yeah. She's clearly got a thing for the alien, <laughs> and he doesn't even notice. And no one seems and, to notice and, her, even the sheriff, you know. And there's also the barmaid, because she gate-crashed the... Oh, the, bar- uh, the barmaid's a bit worrying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The barmaid's gate- got the real hots for him. <laughs> gate-crashed the party. Oh, the gate-crashed a high school children's <laughs> yeah. party. <laughs> Didn't notice initially, yeah. And they got yeah. called cougars, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and milfs. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, at the moment... We would all happily go crash into this party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we really, really do recommend this. I think mm. we all do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, very good. It has the done seal of approval. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems very, very light-hearted and comic, which it is, but it's also, like all good sitcoms or stories, it's got elements of pathos. Mm. Yeah. You've got characters there that are fleshed out and deep and do have quite hefty backstories. And whilst it seems initially like a bit of fluff and you've got the interplay with the kid, there is a lot, lot more layers to this. It's it's more than just one one dimensioned. It's multi-dimensioned mm. in its plot lines. There is a definite dark undertone to it. Well, the fact he wants to wipe out the human race yeah. is quite dark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and who also thought that the uh, ship that the uh, resident alien sort of turned up on Earth yeah, remembers one of those ships from uh, The Matrix? Yes. Mm. The Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. Funny enough, as soon as I saw that, I thought, Crumley will like that spaceship. (laughs) Oh, and um, just talking about the spaceship, it looks like the Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. But one of the anti-grav discs has fallen off Mm. and was buried in the snow. Mm. And the the skier? The the skier. Yeah, the the mountaineer, yeah. Because it's got his own gravitational shieldy thing, and he fell off the edge of this cliff yeah, and he was stuck and in midair he, would have, he yeah. would have he would have been absolutely fine but he was caught in midair yeah. and he was discovered a while later skeletalized yeah, just mummified yeah. <laughs> starved to death and, yeah. and there were some crows as well wasn't yes. there yes yeah, yeah but, dead, dead crows uh, yeah. the thing i noticed with that is that the sheriff turned up and took photographs but you no. had nothing more came of that in i'm that not episode. sure if, i'm not sure if it was the sheriff i don't think it was, it was the sheriff it was someone else and nothing has come from that yet yeah. not yeah. at the moment that might be where these um, two other people have come from. Could have been, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, they found this hovering skeleton, and does that mean they found the part of his ship? Yeah. Mm. Well, it is the part of the ship that has the um, blow-the-world-up yeah, element. The, the bomb, the, <laughs> the doomsday device. The total extinction it. device. That's, That's it. That's the one. That's it, yep. Or Ted. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do like... When we're doing flashbacks, yes. we're showing, mm. instead of just saying three months later, you get this alien script That's appear it, yeah. on the screen, mm. mm-hmm. which then translates into English. <laughs> it's based on a comic book series, apparently. Yes, oh, apparently well. so. I've, Dark Horse. Yeah, I've never seen or read the comic. No, yeah. I wonder how similar it is. Yeah. Often they, they take very little from the comic, but I suspect yeah. this time maybe there's more to it. Oh, one of the writers of, of the original comic is Steve Parkhouse. Oh, who did a lot of 2000 AD and Doctor Who magazine yeah. Uh, yeah. comic strips. Yeah. Okay, we'd like to know, as always, what you guys think of Resident Alien. You can tell us by writing to us at show at staggeringstories.net. There's an oily brand built about her baptism.
It's feedback time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. People have been writing in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, you've got nothing better to do. Right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We've heard from Mr. M. Thank you, Mr. M. Thank you, Mr. M. Hello, hello, Mr. M. During the lockdown, I've been sampling some bits and bobs of Doctor Who, so I thought I'd share some of my thoughts with you. I've begun listening to some big Finnish plays. Mm-hmm. The first 50 main range plays are on Spotify, so that's where I've begun, working my way through. I'm incredibly impressed by how good they are. Mm-hmm. My favourite plays so far have been the obvious, Chimes of Midnight, yes. Holy Terror. Oh, yeah. I also enjoyed Scherzo and The Pirates. <laughs> the Eighth Doctor and Charlie stories are often the highlight. Yes, they are. <laughs> and generally, they seem to be struggling to write for McCoy. Mm. I also found spare parts a bit underwhelming. Really? But then I've never been a huge mm. fan of the Cybermen. Okay. Wow. I'd On the flip side... I absolutely loved Zagreus. It was <laughs> bloody good, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. I can, I can understand why it could have gone down like a lead balloon at the yeah. time, especially if you're expecting a more traditional multi-doctor romp. Mm-hmm. I also think it works a lot better spread out over a few days rather than devoured at once. <laughs> I loved the imagination and inventiveness of the story, and it's one I definitely will revisit in the future. Mm. Mm. I've also been watching a fair few classic Who stories. <laughs> Recent watches have been Battlefield, mm-hmm. Curse of Fenric, mm-hmm. Earthshock, oh. Talons of Wang Chiang, oh. and... Time flight. <laughs> I needed to balance it out, but yeah, that was odd. odd. <laughs> it's an understatement. The Caves of Andrazani. Oh. I first saw this when I was a kid and didn't think much of it. Yes! But yes! Oh, I rewatched it a few years ago and really enjoyed it. Oh, well. Sometimes I wonder what real Keith is on. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite moment of the story was Morgus pushing the president down a lift sharp, <laughs> shaft and simply saying... The most appalling thing has happened. Still, it could have been worse. It could have been me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I've rambled on for long enough now. Until next time, Mr. M. You're wrong. You're completely delusional, Mr. M. Which reminds me. (laughs) Didn't the real Keith complain in the Caves of Zani about Cliffhanger with the Doctor appearing to be dead or a threat to his life? Then we get that very same thing with Robot. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh i miss that yes well, well like i say it's a poor poor uh ending <sighs> so also, now you're picking on terence sticks yeah. <laughs> i also want to mention toy time flight not a great story but only be his imagination but uh, toby haydoke has got a youtube channel where he's doing yeah. sort of reactions uh-huh. but also he knows the stories and he's talking up all the good bits about every story he watches uh-huh. right. so people have come to him with Stories which he doesn't think very much of, but his job is to come in and be positive about <laughs> oh, it. Oh, right. And the latest one is Time Flight. <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's locked down, you know, it gives the man something to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're seeking out, so. And I, I have to agree with Mr. M over Zagreus. I absolutely love Zagreus. I didn't like it first time around, I must admit. Oh, I loved oh, it the first time I out. But listening to it a couple of years ago, so I was much more impressed by it. It's not one of my favourite, but it's not terrible. Uh, I did enjoy and I did like the idea of casting the old doctors, but in different characters. I thought that was a, a nice twist to get them into it. Any mm. more feedback? We have one from Naya. Yes, we oh, do. Yeah. Hello, Hello Naya. Naya. Hello, staggering storytellers. 
I made a silent promise that I'd go back to listening regularly and giving feedback with every episode <laughs> when things got a little more boring and predictable stateside. <laughs> and it's finally happened. Yeah. And will hopefully keep happening. Unfortunately, Woo-hoo! this is going to be short feedback because, as you know, I hate Perry as a companion, <laughs> so I've always felt that the wrong character died in Caves of Angel's Army. <laughs> <laughs> I was equally underwhelmed with Wonder Woman 1984. Totally the agree. only thing I was absolutely thrilled to see was the new character introduction in the credits. Mm. Have a safe time until next show where I'll hopefully have more interesting things to say. Naya. Thank you, Naya. Thank you, Naya. I meant to mention this two podcasts ago, because on the the day of Podcast 359 recording, the 18th of January, Uh something came through the post. Oh. Oh. It is a Christmas card from Naya. (laughs) 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 18th of January. Thank you, Naya. Thank you, Naya. Took over a month. A month of four days to arrive. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I should open it now quickly. I haven't opened it yet. Let's open it on air. I was going to say, you're keeping it for next Christmas. Yeah. It's either very, very late or very, very early. <laughs> that works. <laughs> See, now come out. we've been rude in ignoring the long. fact that she sent us a card and we can't even be grateful for it. Now you know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> new year, new hope. Oh, Congratulations for making it through the challenge that was 2020. May 2021 be safer, happier <laughs> and a return to normality. Not so far. <laughs> Looking forward to meeting you all next. Slowly crawling our way person. So yes. Thanks, Naya. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I look you. forward to meeting any human being <laughs> at some point next. <laughs> Do you rated. know someone else that we've completely ignored? <gasps> oh, who's that? He's not really a person as such. Don't How can you say that? that? He's a he's a whole glorious person. Well, he's, he's much a person. Oh. <laughs> he's behind you. He has yep. a dagger. Oh, yes. He has his nostrils. He has his nostrils and a very bad perm. <laughs> One, two, three. Hello, Helen Pertwee. Hello, Terence, although we can't see you. Yeah, yeah. and Graham. And, and Castle Clara. Dangerous Churchill. And Permatan Clara. <laughs> oh, we miss you all. We miss you all. <laughs> Any more news? News now. No. Any more letters? Sorry. Any more feedback? <laughs> that I don't be believe it. so. No. That's not be greedy. Grumbly, lead us out. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Oh, oh. Thank God. But never fear. In the next one, there'll be more of the same. More fun frivolity and jollity. More news and reviews. More who old and new. So until that... Zed for Zagreus. <laughs> <laughs> Zany. Zucchini with a zygote. Zambozi. <laughs> On a zephyr comes zithering. Comes zooming, zooming, zooming. zithering towards Zigarating. us. Towards us. This is me, Crumbly, saying, "Be seeing you." Farewell. Goodbye. Au revoir. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, Series 1, number 361, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith, Gene Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speakers and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this has been an El Presidente and Fake Keith production for www.staggeringstories.net. No, you've gone really weird. Hmm. Who has? You did.
What's that was just a general opinion of your life, by the way. <laughs> 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 Nothing to do with the sound. <laughs> what happened there? Our camera's off. I've lost Jean. We've lost Jean. Okay. Yeah, my, mine's just all gone funny. Bear me a second. Okay. Funny haha. Well, kind of, you've all disappeared into a box down in the corner and I can't actually see a bloody thing. <laughs> Can you hear us, though? Yeah. No. Shush up, you. Gene, <laughs> uh, if you can hear us, it doesn't matter. No, I want to see oh. you as well. Oh, <laughs> Is that better? Oh, poor dear. I oh, hate oh. technology. Oh, hello, poor you're back, dear. Karen. I know. I thought if Jean's that desperate to see us. No, she's just <laughs> desperate. She's just desperate. I, I might have to leave and come back. You're, you're no, here now. You're we can back. see you. We can see yeah, you. Back. No, but I can't see you. So there's a grid view and a thing in the top right. Yeah, if I could get to the top right, that's the problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Must be age. <laughs> <laughs> So close. <laughs> Just a little bit further, tip over the edge. I'll have what she's having. Did that do anything? Oh, it did, yeah. You've yep. got an emoji. Oh. Did I go into a smiley face? <laughs> no, look at the camera yes, up the top. Ah. Oh, oh, yep. oh. Yeah. oh, no. Oh. Okay, I'm back again. You're back. Yes. You're back. Extra Yay. white screen. Ah, ah, I don't know what the bloody hell happened. You're there, in a different but... position, but you're back. Yay, she's back. Is that a thumb? That's a thumb. Yay. I'm not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure about that? Oh, that was cute, that was. That was. <laughs> I saw something about Michelle Geller's distancing herself from Joss Whedon. Well, they're all doing it now. Yeah, yeah. even, yeah. even what, James. Has he been accused of being a bit handsy? Well, no. put it, put, well I don't know, because Michelle Trachtenberg's well, thing. Um, Apparently it was yeah. she'd written that um, he wasn't allowed to be alone in the room with her. Yeah, I think he's, he's generally abusive rather yeah. than what did you sexually was, abusive. Did you read James uh, Masters' thing? Uh, I heard a while ago about Tim saying that he was pinned up against the wall yeah. by his throat or something. Yeah, yeah. blimey. So, it sounds like what is commonly known as a nasty piece of work yeah, rather like than a, a sexist piece well, of work. Well, I don't know. So he's not doing uh, a Harvey Weinstein then. Reading Charisma Carpenter's thing, you just need to read between the lines when it comes to her. And quite wor- quite worrying, Michelle Trachtenberg as well. Mm. Well, yeah, when, when Ray Fisher started talking about it, I, at first I thought, he's just got some beef with the weed, yeah, surely. Yeah, that's... But mm. now everybody else is coming out with it too. It's, yeah. There's clearly a lot more it's to it. It's snowballed. Just, yeah, uh, and so yeah. when, when it's just one person, you can... That's unfortunate. Okay, we'll move on. But once it snowballs... Mm. The vaccines for all the vulnerable groups being done by <sighs> May, everyone over the age of 50... So when I have mine... Okay. That's all of you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so I will come and stand outside the window. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm, I'm, wait I'm vulnerable. I well, you're over 55. The, you're very old. I cry at the drop of a hat. I know. No, that, no you're confusing yeah. vulnerable and pathetic again. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Another flotsam and jetsam. Pause for music. Is there, pause? Is there music? I'm not sure. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. There's an island of Peter theme. Blue, ah, pe- blue okay. Peter. Ah. No sign of Jean. Are you there? Yeah. I'm here. I can yeah, hear and we... see you. Fine. Yeah. yeah okay. Fine I can here. hear everyone. Mm. Well, we don't need to see. So. Yeah, I don't need to see her. <laughs> <laughs> we can do without that. What <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. you are. Is that boopling? That's now boopling again. Okay. We've got Jean back. Woot. 
I never went anywhere. <laughs> you did. You did. You just weren't aware. And that does actually sound, you sound slightly more stable, so to speak. Yeah. Audio-wise, audio at audio-wise, least. Audio-wise, yeah, okay, maybe yeah. We've got a good shot of your groin here. Please move back from the camera. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was unnecessary. Do your elephant impression. No, no, no. 